Bhagavad Gita is a book of mankind's collected experience of and answers to life's most basic questions. Who I am? From where do I come? What is my purpose and destiny? And most practically, how do I find happiness? These podcasts originate in the lectures of Neil Bhatt, a disciple of Swami Chinmayananda. They are presented here in 20 to 30 minute segments, each covering three of the Gita's 701 verses. Welcome to Gita Wisdom for Daily Living. We had been discussing chapter 8, Aksara Brahma Yoga, Yoga of Imperishable Brahman. So in the first four verses, we had seen the immanence and transcendence of the Lord. Lord is in everything Bhuta and also Aksara. That which is also Akshara in Aksara, that which is perishable but also remains as a substratum for that perishable as imperishable. So the first four verses, we have seen the definition of the seven terms which Arjuna asked. Verse 5 onward, he says, how one can get out of this limited self and achieve that supreme state which we are all seeking, which is of a, a permanent happiness. We have come to the conclusion after discussing and observing and analyzing that the finite instrument is not capable of giving any infinite happiness. However, the quest in life is always infinite happiness. I consider this state of mind to be impermanent. I was born at a time T1, I will die at time T2, in between what I call my life. Only experience I have about who I am and what I'm trying to achieve is within this life only. Therefore, I can only plan within this life. I do not have any experience about what I was before my birth. I also do not know where I'm going after my death. And therefore, he says, at the time of death, now this can be interpreted in various ways. But because I consider this state as finite and all my problems and unhappiness and sorrows are related to this state where I am today. So what I'm really trying to achieve is a state which is different than what I have right now. If I'm not happy in my job, what am I looking for? Other job. So when I leave this job, how do I get a better job where I will be happy? So what do you say? Well work hard so when you leave this job you will have enough qualification to achieve a greater higher better job so therefore discussion about how you should leave the state of existence everything I have tried so far to achieve happiness turned out to more cause for unhappiness well first I thought that Get an university degree will give me happiness. Well, it didn't. I figured out that other people are making a lot more money. I should have been a doctor, not an architect. Then I thought, that, okay, that's fine. I can get professional licenses and I'll be happy. Then I said, I'll get married and I'll be happy. Then I thought, I'll have children and I'll be happy. Then I thought, my children get married and I'll be happy. Then I thought, children get married and have grandchildren and I'll be happy. 
all of those have become nothing but the cause for more unhappiness for me. So Bhagavan said, okay, now if you have figured out that this is not the right vehicle for you to get happiness, then think about a state. When you are living this state of unhappiness, how to get happiness? He said, that is, think about that resplendent purusha, divyam, paramam purusham divyam, when you are living this body or living this state of existence and thou shall achieve that state. He said, we have come to the conclusion that whatever I am thinking at the time of my departure, that's the destination I will reach. When I leave for a vacation, whatever the ticket I have bought at the time of my departure, whatever the plane I take, that's the destination I'll get. So think about a destination which can give you that permanent happiness. I see the only place that is in the self of that paramam purusham divyam, that imperishable being who is not bound by any laws of prakriti, not bound by any laws of causation, of actions and reactions, and therefore there are no happiness and unhappiness. Think about that state and thou shall achieve that state. That's the prescription. Logically it makes all the sense, but how do I think about that resplendent purusha? Just giving a name, it doesn't help. So just, we have given a name called God. But that has not really helped us, you know. We have not been able to focus on God. We can focus on everything else but God. That because you have no understanding of what God is all about. Unless I understand and make that my own understanding, then I won't be able to focus on that. Clearly the advice is to focus on Him, but I have no idea what to focus on. So the verse 9, Bhagwan Vedvya's attempt to give us indication of what the God is all about. And Swamiji says that even if the entire Bhagavad Gita gets lost, and if these two verses are left, 9 and 10, then nobody can wipe out Hinduism from the face of this earth. Because it describes in totality the concept of what the Supreme Being is. Now, we have seen last time in our discussion that when something which is inexplicable, then the only way we can do is point out as many nearer places as possible. So we have various names. So we have thousand name of Vishnu, thousand name of Shiva, thousand names of all the other gods. We also have 108 names of Gurudev. Why that is? If you ask me, because I have experienced his presence, explain to me, Neil, what it was like to be with Swami Chinmananda. And it is almost inexplicable. As I said, one of our friends, Richard, used to tell me that, Neil, if we can bottle this enthusiasm in the atmosphere when we are with Swamiji and can sell it, we'll be all billionaires. Because it is something which cannot be duplicated. So what we can do is, well, at least we can show some indication to people who are not experienced. So we say, we know the Priyaya Namaha. Well, he was very jovial. Utsaha Vardhakaya Namaha. He infused enthusiasm. Now that I think back, it seems so incredible that even the most 
accomplished people, CEOs of big companies. They will act like little children about how enthusiastic they are about doing something. That's his presence. Now, that cannot be duplicated, but we can indicate something where people can relate to. Well, he has done all of that, but that still does not explain what you experience in his presence. So here again, Bhagavan Vedvyas cannot explain what that experience would be about that Param Purusam Divyam, but he can give you some indication. So he starts with saying, Kavim, Kavim Puranam Anusasitaram Anoho Aniyamsam Anusmaredhyaha. Anusmaredhya, one who remembers, then it will connect to the next verse, of that Supreme Being as Kavim. We have seen last time, omniscient. Omniscient is a very difficult concept to understand because we say Bhagwan knows everything. You know, Bhagwan knows everything but you're thinking, good and bad. As if like he is sitting there, Swamiji has nothing else to do but take you know record of what you are thinking or what you are uh, trying to do. You say, no, omniscient means that which makes my knowing possible. I know because I'm conscious. As long as I'm conscious, I know. So everything I know is possible because of my consciousness. And therefore, the ultimate knower is the consciousness. Without that, no knowing is possible. Same way you know because you are conscious, he knows what he is conscious, she knows because she is conscious. You put all this together and say consciousness is only one, but manifest through all different and consciousness is the knower, the ultimate knower, is omniscient. All the knowing that is going on in this universe is only possible because there's one principle which is functioning through all the knowers, which is their conscious. So that consciousness which is omniscient, ever present in all knower, is the Bhagwan. So think about him that way. And that Kavi word, because of that omniscience, also describes all the Rishis who became aware of his presence. So therefore, Bhagavad the Kavayoho, all the Kavis, all the Rishis who have known this are also called Kavi. And in our vernacular languages, we call the poets Kavi. You know, in Hindi, Gujarati, that's because the poet is the one who can think about something which you and I cannot think about. Something which is beyond our sense perception that he can think about. In Gujarati, the saying says, Jana pohche ravi, tya pohche kavi. Ravi means sun. Sun is everywhere. But you see, even where the sun doesn't go, a poet can think about that place. So that's knowing, the ultimate knowing without any aid, without any aid of any senses, is the omniscience. So Bhagavan said, think about me as the Kavim, he is the one who is all-knowing, the substratum of all-knowing, Puranam, and the ancient, because everything came out of him, so therefore he is beyond anything that you can think of. He said, this world is new because earth was only born such and such. So even that was before that. Think about a big bang and he said, it was even before that. So he's the Purana. He's the most ancient. 
Anything you can think of is just before that. There's a Puranam. Anusasitaram, who is a lordship over everything. Now, lord is something we think is the one with heart. No, the one who has the control over my life, control over who I am, is the lord. So in the court, the judge is called my lord. Even the most senior lawyer, who is a defense lawyer, the judge may be the very junior to him, but also my lord. You know why? His judgment will decide his fate, whether he wins or not, his client you know, gets punishment or not, upon his judgment. That's why he's the Lord. The landlord, he is the guy who's going to decide what happens to that land. So he's the landlord. So the Lord is one who has a complete control over my being. And that is my own consciousness. Without that, everything I think who I am is no longer valid. So therefore, he's the Lord of my being. Anusasitaram. And also, he's the Lord of everything in Jagat that we know. Anoho aniyamsam. So now we're thinking about this grandiose version of him. Then I have known him. He said, no, no. He's beyond. He's transcendental to all your imagination. All your ideas about who he is. Because he's Anoho Aniyamsam. He's smaller than Anu. And Anu, obviously, we translate atom in English, and therefore we right away latch on to what atom is all about in physics. Anu is the basic building block of this universe, whatever they conceived at the time. Or even they, they were not conceived, they realized one thing that this universe is made up of something which is very basic in all its existence. We have observed in nature that the cycle of rain and the water vapor and ice, it basically continues, but something inherently remains same, which manifests as water, then manifests water vapor in summer, becomes cloud, comes back as rain again, becomes snow, becomes ice, but something fundamentally remains same. That fundamental entity they call Anu. That, that Anu is all pervading, which creates this Jagat. So there's a basic building block. There is nothing that you can go beyond in this physical world. Because when we say atom now, we know we, we are going way beyond atom in our physics. But even there, you can say whatever now you consider to be the smallest particle. Bhagavan said, I'm beyond that. I'm even smaller than, subtler than that. Whatever you consider to be the building block of this universe, that's Anu. And I say, Aniyam Sam, I'm subtler than that. That's the transcendental nature of himself. That everything that my senses can perceive, I'm beyond that. Aniyam Sam, Sarvasya Dhataram, on the support of all beings, or everything is Sarvasya. All things and beings are supported by me. And as we have discussed many, many times, that which is the essential dharma of everything is the dhataram. My essential dharma is one, and one thing alone is, I'm alive. When I'm dead, none of the qualities assigned to Nil Bhatt are valid. You know, they're all gone. Therefore, the consciousness is a substratum for my being, 
and so is for everything existence every existence that i can think of so he is sarvasya dhataram after all said and done he said achintirupam don't try to waste your mental energy and try to form a picture or oh, that's what he looks like achintirupam it is beyond intellect's capacity to think therefore achintyam is beyond your your instrument of thinking that is chitta mana buddhi and ahankar it beyond all four of them that's the only instrument i have to think about anything and now bhagwan says achinti rupam is beyond that aditya varnam but it does not require any aid to know him sun does not require any other light it's self effulgent so also you shouldn't despair and so is achinti rupam so let's forget about it he said no no he will be revealed by himself to you therefore is aditya varnam is just like sun it does not require any other aid to know him his presence will be revealed by itself just as sun reveals itself tamasah parastat it is beyond darkness what is the sun's one quality where there is sun there cannot be any darkness what is the one quality of consciousness there cannot be ignorance as soon as i become conscious about something the ignorance about that thing is gone if there is darkness in this room and i can't see anything what's in it but as soon as the light is turned on i know exactly what's there in this room because the ignorance about what's there is gone once he reveals himself the ignorance about himself is gone therefore tamasah parastha so a very gallant effort by bhagwan vedyas to explain to us what to meditate on that is beyond every experience but just the awareness in my heart in the next verse says prayana kale manasa achalena bhaktya yukto yoga valena cha eva our topic started from antakale at the end of this existence this is what i should be doing and he said mam anusmara bhagwan said think about me and then he said maya arpita mano buddhi give your mind and intellect to me you know the focus your mind and intellect on me then we say well that's not possible it is possible abhyas yoga yukte then constant practice constantly turning your mind and intellect towards him in other words that should be the basic thought which supports all thought just like the tanpura we talked about in music tanpura supports all the instruments and the singers in concert in the concert of my thinking every day about everything there should be a basic note which keeps playing that this world is nothing but his manifestation my thoughts are nothing but his manifestation he said that if you continuously doing then at the time of your death whatever death we can define as at the time of the end of your existence you will be able to remember me therefore constantly think about me prayana kale manasa achalaina at the time of departure and pandurang shastri with the hirdu swadhyay he makes a distinction between antakala and prayana kala he says antakala is the end where you are not coming back antakal is the end of anything you are not coming back to the same existence again is antakal prayana kal is one you go and come back 
So when we take vacation, it's a prayanaka. So we're going to come back right here. It's not antakala. You're going to India. Why are you going to say, I'm just going on vacation. I'll be back. Or somebody says, well, I'm going for good. I've given up. That's my final destination. So antakala and prayanakala are somewhat different from each other. Prayanakala, we know there is some existence I'm coming back to. Prayanakala, the time of your departure, manasa achalena, the mind without moving, bhaktiya yukto, having that devotion. We have discussed many, many times before, devotion is nothing but pure identification with divine. Devotion is love for divine. And love is nothing but identification. Unless I have identified all my life, there is no bhakti. No matter how many bhajans I sing in a right tune and right tao, that's not bhakti. Bhakti is pure identification. Worship is pure identification. More I identify, more bhakti I have. More I know her, more I love her. So, Bhagavan said, bhaktiya yukto. At the time of your departure, when your mind is unshaken that where I'm going. Half the time I don't take vacation, I can decide where I'm going. We can agree. So you have to be sure. Manasa achalena, bhakti with that devotion, that's what I want to achieve. Yoga balena. Yoga, all the efforts we have put all my life to gather that strength. All the efforts I made to collect money and whatever so that I can afford world tour. World tour is a big thing when I was in India. You know. It's like final achievement in life, you take a world tour. For that, people work their life and say, I'm going to take a world tour. So that, if you want that devotion, if you have, yoga balena, with all your efforts, bruvoho madde pranam aveshya, focus your prana in between your eyes and calming them down. Samyaka. Satam param purusam upeiti divyam. That's how you attain that paramam purusam divyam which he talks about in the previous verse. So here we have great difficulty. Swamiji talks about that this is not the normal death we are talking about. There are examples in Puranas and we have heard from the biographies and autobiography of yogis that yogis are capable of Ichamrityo, just like Bhishma, Ichamrityo, whenever I want to give up my uh, prana, I will give up. We have heard stories about the great Rishis, Yogananda, that they have decided and told people, this is the time I'm going to be going. It is possible, but you and I are not into it. That's very clear. So therefore, he says, now let's focus on what does that mean to me. The Prayanakale is my journey, my departure from this state of unhappiness to the state of happiness is my prayanaka. And I have come to the conclusion that this unhappiness in this state of my existence is all because of my ego. When I have analyzed my entire life, came to one conclusion, one alone, if I was not attached to that thing or a being, I would not have been unhappy. The people who I was not attached, things I was not attached, never could give me any unhappiness. The only people and things gave me unhappiness are the ones I was attached. 
I was very close to him. Said, oh, what happened? Well, we were very close, but then he did this. Therefore, we are not friends anymore. Others who were doing all the bad things, I have nothing to do with it because I was never attached to them. They were not my good friends anyway. They were just, I knew them. So Bhagavan said, one who has came to that conclusion that at the time of my departure from this unhappiness, which is prompted by my ego, that I have to do this. Manasa achalayana, my mind is fixed. I really don't want to get into this ever again. The Jad Bharat story, you know, Jad Bharat was a, was a great Rishi. When he saw that deer crossing the river, which was pregnant, the deer died, but she delivered a little baby. And he thought, well, somebody has to take care of this baby. Mother had died. He started taking care of the baby. And from there, the whole sansar started from him. So he decided, next birth, when I come back, I'm not going to talk to anybody or anything, so I don't get attached. So people thought he's Jad Bharat. He's completely dumb. But he was a very enlightened being. He just didn't want to get attached. You know. So he said, Prayanaka Manasa Achalan. In my mind, I have this goal that I don't want to get attached anymore. Bhaktiya, that's complete devotion. That's what I want is that happiness. With all my efforts, when I do that, Pranam Aveshi Samyak, all my mental and physical activities are calmed down. I'm not attached to anything. Satam Param Purusam Upeti Davyam. In my meditation about that great experience, that great state of being, the Turiya Avastha, I will then achieve that state. The next verse is Yat Aksaram Vedavido Vadanti. So last two verses defined what the Parama Purusa is and how to attain him. That at the time of your departure, when you say, I have now enough, I need to get out of here, this is what you have to do. And he said, Yat Aksaram Vedavido Vadanti. So what we have seen so far, Bhagwan's Swarup is beyond space and beyond any name and forms. That yet aksaram veda vido vadanti, that imperishable, which is beyond time, which no the Veda talk about. Visanti yat yatayoho vitaragaha. The people who have given up all the attachment, they're striving for that. Yat ichanto brahmacharyam charanti. With that desire, people are practicing brahmacharya. It is obvious that he is brahmacharya, not celibacy we are talking about. It says brahmachari is one who is acharati brahman, one who is constantly reveling in brahman, constantly thinking about brahmacharya. We are karmachari. He is a brahmachari, who is a brahmachari. Because his goal is to. We are karmachari. We are constantly thinking about access. What next I'm going to do? I've seen when my my granddaughter will play and says, Dada, what should we play next? I said, well, we, how about ball? Well, we did that. I said, okay, then how about bicycle? Oh, we did that too. What next? We do exactly that, okay? I did that. Been there, done that. Been there, done that. Been there, done that. But we are not finding what. So we are karmachari. Constantly thinking about karma. What is my next action? So in India, in a government office, who are called karmacharis? All the clerks who are working there, are karmachari. So we are karmacharis. Bhagavan says, Brahmachari. Brahma, while I'm doing everything, my goal is to achieve the Brahmacharya. 
यत इच्छन्तो ब्रह्मचर्यम यत चरन्ति पीपल हु बिकम ब्रह्मचारी बाय डिजायर ऑफ गेटिंग दैट तत्ते पदम संग्रहेण प्रवक्षे आई विल एक्सप्लेन टू यू दैट स्टेट इन समरी संग्रहेण इन ब्रीफ बट विल टेक एंटायर एसेंस ऑफ इट दैट व्हाट आई विल एक्सप्लेन इन फॉलोइंग वर्सेस विल स्टॉप हियर ओम सर्वे भवन्तु सुकिना सर्वे संतु निरामयाहा सर्वे भद्राणि पश्यन्तु माकस्चित दुख भाग बवे ओम शांति ही शांति ही शांति ही हरि ओम श्री गुरु ब्योना महा हरि ओम